0: Hello, Rebels. This is a free audio podcast of my weekly show, Rebel Roundup. Tonight, my guests are Kean Bexty and Sheila gunn Now, if you like listening to this podcast, you would love watching. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber. You get access to this show as well as Sheila gunn Wednesday night show, The Gun Show, and Ezra's daily show, The Ezra Levent Show. It's only $8 a month. Or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. And now, enjoy my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favourite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. (laughs) Now get this, the process for Canadian citizenship is going online. Of course, there shall be no abuse of this system, right? (laughs) Kian Bexty has all the disturbing details. And remember when elementary school teachers would tell kids not to talk to strangers? well the new narrative is this the cops are the bad guys sheila Gunn reid will shed some light regarding an anti-cop policy actually being embraced by the vancouver elementary school teachers association at the behest of (laughs) you guessed it black lives matter and finally letters we get your letters we get your letters every minute of every day and i'll share some of your responses regarding my visit to kingston ontario last saturday A mob wanted to tear down the statue of Sir John A. Macdonald. They were totally incapable of doing so. So instead, they just assaulted me and my cameraman Mocha for the odious crime of practicing journalism. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Alas and alack, the tolerant left strikes again. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up.
1: government is planning to create Zoom Citizen, sponsored by Amazon. Soon, you can become a Canadian in just a few simple steps. First, take a multiple-choice test on Amazon.com from your Beijing studio apartment. After that, your mass citizenship Zoom session will follow. Observe the keynote address from a cycling roster of Liberal MPs, and before you know it, your voter card will be in the mail within two weeks. Dial 1-800-O-CANADA for more information. Rebel News has obtained exclusive documents which outline the plan that the Trudeau government has cooked up to implement virtual citizenship ceremonies. The Justin Trudeau government is changing the way people become citizens. They are streamlining and corrupting the process in a way that will benefit the long list of people looking to abuse and take advantage of Canada and its people. That list of course includes the members of the Liberal government. If you've been following along with my coverage of citizenship ceremonies over the past little while, you would have heard that the Department of Immigration handed the story out the back door to the Department of Media, the CBC, the state broadcaster, then outlined how amazing this new program was, this virtual citizenship ceremony program. So many families were happy now. Don't you understand? The process was so quick and it was easy. It was just great. It's so much better this way, dear citizen. Well, Even though we had the story here at Rebel News leaked to us from a concerned bureaucrat literally a month before the government was ready to leak it to the CBC, Rebel News has obtained physical documents, even more, from the Department of Immigration showing that they plan on making this change permanent. Even after COVID is long gone, after the crisis has subsided, they say that they will make this process, this virtual citizenship ceremony, the quote, new normal. And well, there you have it, folks. Fast food drive through citizenship brought to you
0: by the Trudeau Liberals and Amazon.com. And even after the Wuhan virus is gone, this process will hang around as part of the so-called new normal. How sad to see Canadian citizenship so utterly devalued by the Justin Trudeau Brain Trust. And with more on this shocking story is none other than Kean Bexty. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend.
1: Thanks for having me, David.
0: Always a pleasure. So, Kean, as you mentioned, there will naturally be abuses of an online citizenship process. But I would argue that the Trudeau liberals actually want the system to be abused. This is yeah. all about getting as many immigrants into Canada as possible, and the quid pro quo is simply an unspoken agreement here that every four years these new arrivals dutifully vote liberal. Your thoughts?
1: To use a popular term, the abuse would be systemic. <laughs> uh, they are, have specifically designed this process and other processes to work together to ensure Justin Trudeau will govern for the rest of Uh, for for a generation. For as long as he wants to be Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau will be Prime Minister, and it is a complement of two things. The fact that Canadians can vote from anywhere they want, uh, no matter how long they've been out of the country, and now with this added citizenship program, uh, where these 42,000 Canadians that are currently backlogged in the process and however many more millions he will bring in over the course of the next few years... Uh, they will be able to become citizens while they're abroad. They'll be able to uh, lie about who they are specifically because there's no way to confirm who they are without being there in person. No matter what the government says they're doing, uh, the process will be abused. And they've designed it so that it can be abused. And, and it's almost like they you would think that they were encouraging it. Uh, there's just... It's just unbelievable how far we've come from Canadians being outraged five years ago that uh, a, a new Canadian uh, a immigrant candidate was wearing a burqa while taking the citizenship test or a niqab or a citizen, while do, undergoing the citizenship ceremony. And now they're just fine, I guess, with. Uh, them doing it behind a computer screen where you can't even tell where they are in the world. They could be in their Beijing studio apartment, for God's sakes, and I'm sure that's what Justin Trudeau wants. You
0: know, you raise a great point about the uh, woman in Mississauga back when Thomas Mulcair was leading the NDP, uh, taking the citizenship vow with the face covering, and he, as a matter of principle, but not as a matter of uh, political smartness, shall we say, uh, went to bat for her. And the NDP cratered in Quebec about uh, precisely because of that. And in fact, if you look at the number, I think it was like a 14% shift, which is what got Trudeau in as the governing party. Uh, so a, a hell of a hill to die on. And you didn't, and that might have been Justin Trudeau's smartest political uh, strategy ever. He never gave a firm commitment either way on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But like I said, a story for another day. The thing is, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people might accuse us of overstating the importance of this. But Kian, I really believe, you know, much like the Democrats in the United States who are against the idea of a wall to protect American sovereignty. This is all about the end goal of actually changing the demographics of our country oh yes to, you know and i know it sounds kind of like a conspiracy or a, or a, uh, a fanciful master plan but i really think this is how the left is thinking in terms of trying to get reelected and shutting out the right forever
1: yeah uh, i i mean you're absolutely right uh, this is modern <laughs> colonization at work this is what the leftists Hated about the eighteenth, nineteenth century is happening right now, and the orchestrator, the one building an empire right now, is not Queen Victoria. It is Xi Jinping. It is the Chinese that are colonizing Canada, and 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 it's, to be fair, it's not just the Chinese. Uh, it is it is uh, a broad swath of folks. Coming to Canada to change the demographics and while they those individuals might not be coming to Canada with malcontent and frankly they're not just they're actually not coming to Canada they're staying overseas and just using Canada for cancer surgeries and education um, and whatever tax breaks they might be able to find um, this this is what while, while those individuals might not have that sort of plan Uh, It certainly is a plan by Justin Trudeau, who's quite obviously compromised by the Chinese regime.
0: Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible that. And, Kim, don't get me wrong, I don't even like this as a temporary measure in light of the Wuhan virus. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of temporary uh, things in our so-called new normal right now that we're tolerating, which we wouldn't tolerate in the past. But as you pointed out in your commentary, it looks like once the virus is gone and hopefully forgotten. Um, this will remain, the idea of uh, online citizenship. What, what could possibly be the rationale uh, for that when there's no pandemic emergency anymore?
1: There's no rationale. We went through the documents. The only rationale was them saying, and I, and this is paraphrasing, but it's almost a quote, uh, the Canadian public is interested in this continuing. Um, And they they didn't cite any data. They didn't even give one damn example of that. They just said the Canadian public is interested in this continuing. The Canadian public doesn't even know this is happening. They're completely hoodwinked by Justin Trudeau, and they're gaslighting us to tell us that this is something that we want. I'm getting too frustrated right now, but Justin Trudeau knows what he's doing, and the Canadian public is completely in the dark over blatant compromising uh, a blatant abuse of the process that people become Canadians with, uh, and it's just—it's a travesty of epic proportions.
0: You know, it—it it always pains me, and I think it pains you too, as someone who's engaged in politics. That even in these dark, dire times, there seems to be such a huge chunk of the population, Kian, that they're disengaged. They don't care. They're not paying attention. I am curious, though. Assuming this word was to get out and it got the media coverage it deserves, which it will not get, um, if Canadians had to vote on this in a referendum or a plebiscite or what have you, um, do you think the population would think this is a good idea?
1: No. No. If people were informed on this issue, if they understood how it could be abused, that it already probably is being abused because these, these ceremonies have already occurred, um they they would absolutely not support this. There's no way in hell that they would support a program like this because it doesn't take a genius to understand how Justin Trudeau is corrupting this process and how it will be corrupted by, by bad actors around the world.
0: And Keen, I, I don't um, we, ha- we have to wrap this up here, so a quick exit question, and I don't know if you've done any research on this. But is there any other nation in the world using such a process? uh you know virtual citizenship
1: i looked into it uh and to my knowledge uh no most citizenship ceremonies (laughs) in most countries are a very sacred thing um most you know to be to be frank lots of countries don't allow new citizens in the first place i i I think it uh is it the united arab emirates where you actually need uh like regal assent to like, uh, 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 you need a document from the crown to become a new citizen, and it's like uh, it, it happens like a couple dozen times a year. Um, lots of lots of countries that actually are well off don't actually have uh, citizenship ceremonies in the first place, but the ones that do, you know, think Western democracies like the United Kingdom, Canada, and the United States. It is a very sacred ceremony uh, that should be held in high regard and should be very official rather than just knocking it off like uh, a, a meeting, a company meeting or a boardroom meeting over Zoom. It's a disgrace that this is happening.
0: Well, it okay, we'll have to wrap it there. You know, I think Canadian citizenship is something to cherish. I love this country. I'm open to others moving into this country, but I think you have to be vetted I think there's a process involved here. It should involve more than a few clicks on a mouse pad, and this is just an absolutely egregious uh, thing that the Justin Trudeau Liberals are doing right now to the very fabric of our nation. It was an excellent report, my friend. You have a good weekend, and stay safe.
1: Take care, David. You
0: got it. And that was Kian Bextie in Calgary. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this.
2: They passed an anti-cop motion the other day in something called a BIPOC meeting a black indigenous person of color meeting just look at the meeting invite. It's so social justicey it's got so many acronyms and it's even race segregated it's just odd look at this if you are a teacher who identifies wait what identifies as a black indigenous or person of color There's the BIPOC acronym right there. Please consider attending Vesta's online meeting for up to 25 self-identified BIPOC members on June 16, 2020 from 1 till 3. A suggested discussion topic might be how we increase equity and representation of Aboriginal teachers and teachers of colour within Vesta's structures. This committee met on Tuesday, March 10th, at the Vesta office to begin this discussion. New members are encouraged to attend, then blah 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 blah. And we've got some contact information there. Now, none of the solutions to this alleged underrepresentation of people of color in education involve busybody white teachers resigning in favor of black or indigenous ones. And besides, in reality, the real underrepresentation in education is male teachers. Only 10% of teachers are men. And if that imbalance were actually fixed, it would probably benefit 50% of students. Putting men in the classroom would be helpful because they understand that normal boy behavior is not a behavioral disorder to be medicated away. Anyway, the motion passed by that meeting of the Vesta self-ID BIPOC panel. Will put vulnerable kids in danger, which is a weird stance for these people who so often use their extreme care and concern for other people's kids as the reason they deserve more and more and more money so they don't strike and hurt your kids. Just look at this from Global BC. The Vancouver Elementary School Teachers Association, VESTA, passed a motion Tuesday night that recommends Vancouver police and RCMP officers no longer attend school events.
0: Ah, progressive logic to the nth degree. A cop goes rogue in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, of course, let's ban police from visiting elementary schools in Vancouver, British Columbia. Why is it, folks, that some of the most stupid people I've ever encountered head up teachers' unions? And with more on this absolutely crazy tale is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend.
2: Hey David, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Always a pleasure. So Sheila, I'm just curious here, if there comes a time, God forbid, in the future in which a gunman trespasses onto Vancouver school property with murder on his mind, uh, well to borrow that paraphrase from the Ghostbusters song, uh, who are the elementary school staff going to call? Surely not the Vancouver Police Service, Sheila, because... They're insensitive or downright evil or something, right?
2: Yeah. Call uh, Black Lives Matter and they can come down and, I don't know, (laughs) uh, protest in front of the school to keep the gunmen away. Uh, This is one of the stupidest things that I've ever seen a teacher's union do, and that list is very long. Um, (laughs) If you were, as a parent, if you were taking the time to teach my kid that they shouldn't trust police and that police were the problem i would automatically assume some pretty sinister things about you that's just how i would be but yet that's what this teachers union is doing they've banned police from the school from school events and from off location events where the children might be so i guess if they take the kids to a parade or whatever Um, If the cops are there, they don't want the kids there, or vice versa. Um, And really, the evidence shows that having police, like school resource officers, so having kids at school constantly uh, exposed to police officers is an absolute benefit to the kids, the cops, and the teachers themselves. But it's the union bosses that have to jump onto every social justice uh, agenda And they don't care about everybody else who seemingly are below them on the totem pole.
0: No, that's well said, Sheila. And I can tell you that in Toronto, until I think it was about a year and a half, two years ago, we had an incredibly successful program of uniformed police officers in schools at risk. And all the data showed it was a successful program. Violence was down. And when I say violence, at the time, this was in reaction to I believe it was a 15-year-old boy that was actually shot dead at a Toronto school. And everything was going along fine. And then Black Lives Matter Toronto said that this was somehow triggering or insensitive to racialized communities. And city council bent the knee. The cops are out of the schools. And guess who is doing cartwheels about that it is the bullies in those schools yep. that these cops were meant to be a buffer against victimizing kids that want to actually learn. This is a disgrace, and you're right. It's these, you know, I guess white liberal union heads and, uh, and mm-hmm. their allies that are really carrying out a, a disgraceful act against those who are indeed in racialized communities.
2: Yeah. Carleton University actually studied that school resource officer program and they're the ones that came, they interviewed the cops, they interviewed the students, they interviewed the teachers and they went back and they examined, you know, the rates of criminality, the arrests, um, all the tangible data, as well as the um, anecdotal data that they were able to garner from the kids about their experiences. Um, Overwhelmingly a positive benefit in the schools and it actually was the kids who are the most vulnerable often as they say the racialized kids those were the ones that were seeing the most amount of benefit they were experiencing less bullying they were experiencing far less anxiety they were able to work without um constant threats without um fear likewise with the teachers they were able to actually teach as opposed to deal with all the other um side social issues that come along with teaching in an inner city school all of that was taken away because these school resource officers were there and the school resource officers themselves said that they received a benefit because they were able to um do I guess what's called community policing where they aren't the enemy they go into the community and they're there to help they're there to be somebody that you can trust when the gangs are moving in they know that they can go to the cops the cops are not the enemy and activists took this all away in the name of helping racialized students when it is the uh, all the studies show uh, that it's racialized and vulnerable kids who benefit the most and it's this Similar studies were replicated by the University of Arizona, uh, looking at s- both the uh, Toronto School Resource Officer program as well as another one that took place in Boston. And overwhelmingly across the board, it benefits everybody and the vulnerable kids the most. And yet these activists and the teachers unions, they they take away this these school resource officers in the name of the kids Uh in the name of those racialized kids they claim to be helping
0: well the bullies and thugs are happy not so much those yep. kids that actually want to get an education and learn you know sheila in the bigger picture i can't help but think that this must be in the u.s and by extension canada one of the most awful times in which to be a police officer with yep. just about any uh major uh city police service uh, we i think what is and listen let You know, let's cut to the chase here. Yes, there are bad apples in police forces, 100%. But there are bad apples in medicine, in law, in journalism. Journalism. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, Rosie, uh, Barton, I'm talking about you, by the way. But, you know, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And in the big picture, Sheila, I can see a police officer, and let's be blunt, if I'm a white male cop and I get a call and it's in a... Say a black area, and it's a domestic dispute. You know, what kind of trepidation do I have responding to that call, or if I witness something happening on the sidewalk? There are coppers that secretly subscribe to an acronym called FIDO. It stands for Effort Drive On, meaning that to get involved is not worth the potential fallout, which could now result in termination or even imprisonment. If this call goes sideways, and Sheila, that's going to lead to unsafe streets in our very near future.
2: Well, definitely. I, I mean, the opposite happened here in Alberta on some of our First Nations reserves. They were plagued by gangs. Um, there's a reserve south of Edmonton. Uh, it was called Hobima at the time. It's Maskwacis now. I think I'm saying that right. Um, basically, the gangs were running the show, and the people there would not go to the RCMP. The RCMP worked hard on a community policing model and to gain the trust of the young people in the community. They even created um, like a police cadet program, like much like army and Navy cadets, so that young people could to could uh, have something to do with their time that was uh, lawful. And so that they realized that, you know, like you're, you're gaining all these valuable life skills and the police aren't bad guys. They're here to make sure your life is better. Um, And these activists are undoing all of this. Activists who don't live in these communities, that's the real thing. They live somewhere else, somewhere else safe. And it is the people in these dangerous communities where the peace officers and cops are working very hard to make it safer for those people. And they're being attacked and maligned and run out of those communities. And it's the people in those communities left holding the bag.
0: Well, Sheila, we got to wrap it here. But again, another example of progressivism being a sign of mental illness, I would suggest, where we penalize the makers and give to the takers. And the Vancouver Elementary Teachers Union, you got to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. What, what a disgrace. Sheila, thanks so much for this very important commentary. Much appreciated.
2: Thanks, David. Have a great weekend.
0: You too. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the crime-free hinterland of northern Alberta, I hope. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Now, I'm in Kingston because, as you can see behind me, there is a anti-colonialism protest. It's kind of funny. The motto of Kingston, Ontario is where history and innovation thrive, But it seems that the people here are keen on cancelling history such is our cancel culture. As a matter of fact you can see a big red poster. It says make history topple colonialism and it's showing a statue being toppled. Now I would say that's a major job here if that's what the plan is today to actually tear down this statue. But I have noticed that throughout the crowd they are distributing eggs. And, um, oh, excuse me, ma'am? No, we're not, we're not oh, doing well, right here. Oh, why, why is that? Why, what makes me a racist, ma'am? Okay, we know. You your own words, don't. Don't touch yeah, me. Don't touch the do camera. not touch me. You do, do not, not touch the sorry, camera. Ma'am, you said we're racist? Why is that? Yeah, yeah. And you use a lot of bad language, not very ladylike language, I must say. Well, I'm not a fucking lady. Get out of here. Oh, okay. What about yourself, ma'am? You were saying something as well, I believe. I said that I thought your, your speech was
2: offensive and inaccurate.
0: Oh it was oh what well, what did I get wrong? Uh, Kingston's Kingston is motto is not where history innovation
2: Do you believe that removing a statue removes history? Don't touch
0: what would you call it?
2: I would say that we're no longer celebrating a racist creep. Time
0: to go. The history doesn't time to go. Do. What, what what are you uh, pouring water on? Hey, excuse me.
1: Uh, time, time, to this is, time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Shoo. As you can see, these here. people, don't it's a, it's a park, it's, it's a public park. Do not here. push us. Time to go. Do not push us. We're get making our way out. Okay, good. No you get get, get, get your boy out. Get your boy out. you are going to
0: get egged. Get out. What, you're going to threaten me by throwing an egg at me, sir? Don't. Get out of here. It's a public park. It's Come. on. Whoa. Let's move over. Oh, you're Put a tough guy behind that mask, aren't you? Get out. Oh, and you too. Well, that was the scene last Saturday, folks, when about 200 anti-colonialism protesters gathered at City Park in Kingston, Ontario to demand the removal of the Sir John A. Macdonald statue. Apparently, our first prime minister was a racist and a white supremacist and was obsessed with carrying out genocide. At least that's what several of the signs indicated. But when I tried to understand the reasoning and logic behind such claims, I found that, yet again, when it comes to the rank and file of wannabe Antifa thugs, they are unable to articulate their positions, which is to say they responded to queries by screaming slurs and using copious quantities of F-bombs. Indeed, when I visited the park initially, I didn't even engage with any of the protesters. I listened to a few of the speakers who droned on incessantly about colonialism and racism and white supremacy and genocide and how horrible Canada is. My cameraman Mocha and I then walked about 60 metres away from the gathering to record an introduction to our video right in front of the Sir John A. Macdonald statue. But as I was reporting, various demonstrators, like so many ants to an open jam jar, creeped up to where we were stationed... And what followed next was a demand to LEAVE the park, even though City Park is not private property, and our only sin was practicing journalism. And when we didn't initially leave on our own accord, well, as you just witnessed, we were FORCED to do so as the inexplicably angry mob engaged in physical violence while trying to vandalize and even steal our equipment. The irony was both profound and perverse, These people were claiming to be anti-colonialism, and yet here they were literally taking ownership of a plot of land that did not belong to them, and then engage in violence to remove any interlopers who did not subscribe to their brand of groupthink. So when you think about it, folks, doesn't that behavior kind of sound like the very worst sort of colonialism? (laughs) Amazing. And in any event, here's what some of you had to say about our visit to Kingston. Julie Lefebvre writes, Ladies and gentlemen, the tolerant left, they tolerate almost everything except other opinions, especially those based on facts and data. Indeed, Julie, the left is all about diversity, except when it comes to a diversity of opinions. Brent Scheer writes, Antifa equals 1930s Germany brown shirts. This is the rise of fascism. Indeed, Brent, more perverse irony here. Antifa is a contraction of anti and fascism, yet they embrace the tactics of fascists, from intimidation to outright violence. They are not Antifa. They are just fa, as in fascist classic. Cheryl Campbell writes, I'm First Nations and I love rebel media. I'm sorry to see you get harassed like that. Cheryl, you, my friend, are my kind of First Nations person. Thank you ever so much for your kind words. TA writes, shut Canada down? Trudeau already did that. I'm sure he's loving every minute of this. You know, good point, TA. Canada has indeed been mostly shut down for the last several months due to the grotesque overreaction by government in dealing with the Wuhan virus. But even if that weren't the case, how does shutting down Canada... Whatever that means, help natives. These people seem to be allergic to logic. Bub the Zombie writes, I really respect how you can suppress the urge to go upside their heads with an aluminum bat. Well, Bub, it takes some effort to be sure, but I'm not there to fight. I just want to engage in a discussion. How sad, how pathetic, really, that these social justice warriors can't articulate their positions and instead resort to slurs and acts of violence. And these are the same people who chant, love Trump's hate. But it is only they who are oblivious to the irony, apparently. Gods Among Men writes, the Kingston police had to know that this event was happening. To all those who support cops and don't want them defunded, can somebody explain to me exactly why we're paying them? You know, you raise a very good point, uh, Gods Among Men. But don't blame the rank and file police officers because get this a law enforcement source told me that the organizers had gone to either the mayor or the police chief or both and told them in light of what's happening post George Floyd they meaning the mob did not want to see any police presence at this protest and incredibly they apparently got their wish the mayor's office denies this was the case I've reached out to the chief of police in Kingston but have not heard back from her yet But the proof is in the video pudding, no? A mob of more than 200 people with violence on their minds takes over the city park and there's not a single police cruiser even monitoring this situation? Talk about a dereliction of duty. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.